According to Tom Rainer, 6% of churches in America are effective in evangelism. Let's change the statistic. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim Tribble. How are you doing today, Tim? Doing great, Kelly. Thanks. Awesome. Well, I got a big question for you. All right. Have you ever taken over uh, a department or a church or something that that was in decline and you had to do a big adjustment or turnaround? Yeah. Um, and so not to go into too much detail, when my wife and I first moved here, we got to be part of the the music team. And uh, at that time, the music team was being directed by, you know, someone who's been in the church for a very long time. The team was all very established. And uh, we had the opportunity to come in and just see some different perceptions on ways that we could help or assist. And in going through that process, you know, whenever you try to adjust something that's been set in, in stone for a while, you tend to lose people. And we had to go through that heart-wrenching process. But at the same time, whatever, you know, usually when people fall away, God tends to replace and we're in a much, much better state now. That's true. Yeah. And we were all part of that whole process. We took the church. You guys came, I think, a year after we were here. Yep. And so you got to be a part of the, the whole big shift and the changes that were being made in the church as a whole. And so, yeah, it, it was a lot of work. Yeah. And and some people like change. A lot of people don't. don't. And when this is the first time I've ever taken over a church that was this established over 30 years old at, at the time that I took it over right. and very established in his leadership and his ways and what to do. And so when you bring in change, you know, we were hired to bring in change. Yep. And so there's a lot of people cheering you on, but there's a lot of people... They don't. They didn't quite cheer us on no. the same way, and and you you face that as well with yes. the, with the music team and dealing with musicians and all of that. Well, my conversation today is with Pastor Evan Allnut, who's right. who's a pastor of uh, Northgate Church in Courtney, BC, and he took over a church that was established a lot longer than thirty years. Yeah. He took over a church. I think it was started in nineteen thirty seven, and so four and a half years ago. He took over this church that was in decline, was really struggling. I think it was under 200 in attendance when he took it over. And today that church is, they're running three services on a Sunday. Uh, over 650 people attend on a weekend. And plus they're just about to plant uh, a, a new campus. Wow. And so they're expanding there. And it's a fascinating conversation as I ask him about you know, transition and taking over an established work and how all that goes. And so many of you are in that situation right now and you want to transition your church, whether it you're just the new leader or whether you're a leader who's saying, no, we want to become a soul winning church. How do we do this? Well, stay tuned and you're going to love this conversation with Pastor Evan Allnut from Courtney, BC. Let's go to that now. Well, hey, Evan, welcome to GoCast. It's so great to have you on the program, my friend. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. That's awesome. So let's tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in, in ministry and yeah, your journey to, to where you are now. Yeah, my uh, my start in ministry was maybe a little uh, less conventional than some. I was uh, just journeying as a Christian, trying to serve the local church, um, loving people, and uh, actually trying to avoid ministry at all costs. <laughs> And yep. I was uh, just doing that in a local church, uh, the, a big church here on Vancouver Island. And uh, a pastor came to me and and just kind of said, "Hey, why don't you why don't you take on our youth ministry? Uh, we'll yep. lead it." And uh, two years previous to that, I had uh, asked to volunteer in the youth ministry, and 
I've never heard of a youth pastor saying no to a Christian uh, wanting to volunteer in their youth ministry, but I had been rejected. I was a rejected youth leader. Two years later, I was a full-time paid youth pastor wow. uh, of the church. Yeah. And, uh, I always knew there was a calling in my heart, in my life. Uh, it had been spoken over me since I was a young uh, guy. I had seen the hand of God in my life in, in some specific ways early on, but yeah. I didn't. I I was afraid of it. I didn't. I didn't want to be in in ministry, and uh, and I wanted to pursue a job that might give me weekends off and yeah, <laughs> summers off and and Christmas off and Easter off, and uh, God had different plans. So wow, that was about ten years ago, and so I I've been in I've been in full time ministry for about uh, ten years now, and uh, started at a church called Glad Tidings in Victoria, and and I'm now at Northgate Church in uh, Courtney. And uh, here, here on Vancouver Island, uh, throughout anyway. So uh, that's awesome. Good. So, how long you been at Northgate now? Um, four and a half years here. Wow. I was uh, about six years uh, a youth pastor, and then, yeah. and then about a year as an associate uh, in an associate role, and then got called up to Courtney as the lead pastor of this church. Really cool. So, tell us about Northgate. What? What? Tell us a little bit about the church, a little bit about its history, and then and then tell us a little bit about the last four and a half years. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, it's a cool church. Started in uh, 1937. It's part of the Foursquare denomination. So yeah, it's always been uh, a church that has focused on uh, inviting people in a relationship with Jesus uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's always been uh, a focus of it. Yeah, we have amazing people in the church. Um, in fact, it's there's visionaries started this church. I love, I love that that's the case because yeah. now we can still call on people for creative vision and remind them that that's where it started yeah um we, we were originally on a farmland and and a pastor at some point along the way started selling off bought the whole property started selling off chunks of the land and as they sold chunks of the land they'd build a, a portion of the church building wow uh so they 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 had built it all debt free uh, wow even to the point where they, they they put the beams up uh, for the roof, but they couldn't roof it because they didn't have money. So, and they couldn't sell the last lot that they needed to sell. Yeah. And uh, so they built a house on that on that lot, sold the house, and then they could put the roof on. Yeah. The sandblast off all the beams and things because they had been weathered by that point. So just cool. Uh, that's really cool. So that's been that. This building's been uh, here for a while. Uh, we're in Courtney, um, of which is sort of in the heart of the Comox Valley. Yeah. About sixty-five thousand people in the in the whole area, and wow. uh, the church has has been through. It's had some good long pastors for periods of time. Yeah, um, four pastors ago was twenty-five years, and then a six-year, and then an eighteen-year. Wow, uh, me. Uh, so we've had we've had some relative stability uh, in this church, and and it's meant that we have uh, amazing multi-generational ministry that we get to do that's really cool the i preach every sunday to to a 94 year old woman who um who is actually the wife of the man who pastored for 25 years ago and built the church that i'm currently in wow that's awesome i do ministry way different than he did and she yeah cheers me on and is pumped about what god is doing and as long as we're preaching the gospel and seeing people come to know jesus she's stoked so that's so cool really really cool church um uh because of that and uh yeah i'm thankful for i'm thankful for who i've followed who i've gotten to walk 
behind and now whose shoulders I get to stand on and reach a little higher if we can allow God to, to push us to new places. Yeah. So the church four and a half years ago, what size was it at or like what, what was going on? Yeah, it was about, um, it wasn't at its, at, at its peak, uh, at that point, it was probably about 200, yeah. uh, 250, um, kind of, kind of range and, and running one service and, and, uh, yeah, it, it had seen, it had seen maybe some, some stagnant, uh, years for a, a period of time. That's for sure. Right. And so where's it at now? Uh, we're about, we're about 650 on a Sunday. Wow. Um, we're now three services, so we're. Wow. I came when I started. I mean, just the excitement of a new pastor showing up. Um, even though I'm bald, I'm young. Uh, yeah. So people see a young pastor show up. Oh, okay, maybe we should check out what's going on. Uh, why? Why? Uh, you know, why? Why does a young person want to <laughs> be in ministry? Yeah. And uh, so we had people come pretty quick. It started in March of 2015, and then. February of 2016, we launched our second service. Yeah, wow! And uh, within two weeks, we we got to say to the church, "Hey, we we today we've literally had more people than we could have physically fit in the building uh, two weeks ago." That's amazing. So that was that was really fun. And then uh, the following, or September of 2018, we launched our third service, and uh, that takes us to to right now. And September 15th of this year, we're launching a campus in a city about an hour away. Wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's exciting. So, I mean, you, you've made some, you've made some pretty bold changes to where the church was to, to where it is now in, in a lot of the methodology and, and really because your passion is to see the church reach, reach people for Jesus. So where did that come from and what does it look like, you know, in a week by week, day to day basis at Northgate? Yeah, we, um, I, I, I love people coming to know Jesus. And I think that just comes from, you know, you get, you, you get to walk with a few people uh, through that and yeah. the excitement, the life change, the, I, I love when people are changed in a way that I couldn't change them. Uh, right. You know, when their, their perspective is shifted in the way that I couldn't shift it. And so when you get to walk with a couple people through that and see that they think differently, that they, that they, process things differently that they're willing to work different jobs or have different pay or or live in different homes or do family different uh when you get to see the way jesus impacts people uh man you just want more of that you want to see that in greater ways and so uh for me that's just that's just been a passion uh i've, I've had good mentors that have reminded me that that's the most important thing and, yeah um, Foursquare itself, our denomination pushes that as well. So yeah. The primary purpose of church is soul winning, and so um, we're, I'm I'm thankful to to be in that spot. Um, and so on a week to week basis, uh, we try to build our Sunday services for the purpose of reaching people, right? Uh, new people, uh, creating a space where they can come and and there's no crazy surprises for them. We can give them a fairly structured service um, that's real, authentic, um, uh, that, that, that the presence of God truly is there. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's also something um, about just recognizing that new people are there, uh, people who have maybe been damaged by a church that hasn't thought about them in the past or could, right. who haven't considered uh, them in the past. And so we try to build a service that's fairly um, welcoming to new people. Uh, our staff team, our culture, we regularly uh, talk about that we want to reach the new person. Uh, we want we want to we want to be considering 
what are what are doors that we're opening to the city to that's cool and uh and then i think we do our best to celebrate uh you know when when people when people make that decision we, we try to talk about it as much as we can and and uh there's certain you know there's some salvations especially that you just feel like you can circle that wagon for weeks or months because it's just like like can you believe it guys <laughs> like this happened like yeah person like that and uh so, so we try to celebrate that as much as we can i think that's i think as you celebrate um you know what is what is rewarded is repeated or what is yeah. celebrated is repeated and yeah so we just try to celebrate that's so cool so talk to me talk to me about somebody like that that was just like one of those wow moments somebody came into the church who's completely unchurched that life is not going great but all of a sudden they come into the church they give the heart to jesus and man the transformation talk about that yeah yeah uh, there's, there's one, one guy that, that has been really fun for us right now. We're regularly, um, we're actually doing prayer in the mornings right now. And he's showing up to every, every day he's at here for prayer at 6 wow. a.m. And, uh, he's, uh, he's this guy, he sort of, he way in his background, uh, there was some, some Christian something there, but for most of his life, he, he, n- nothing had impacted him. He didn't want much to do with any of that. Wasn't regularly attending church. hadn't hadn't decided to make Jesus his Lord. Yeah, you know, had lived a very different life, uh, a life that ha- has has been a fairly heavy weight for to to be lifted off him. Since. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, a while back. He started coming out to the church and just uh, found that he was welcome. Found that people cared for him. He made a decision to follow Jesus um, in a in a really amazing way, and then it just it just shift everything shifted for him. Um, he's an he's an iron worker. Yeah, uh, and he he worked out of town. He lived in the home that he wanted to retire in. Um, but he's a fairly uh, young guy, and uh, he 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 started coming to me and saying, I, "I need to figure out how to move closer to the church. I just need to serve." He started <laughs> three services. He'd be out front waving signs, just covered in tattoos. And yeah. In fact, some people have gotten saved and, and started coming to our church because they said, this guy covered in tattoos. Wow. Be here and is excited about being here. So I come out. Anyways, he started serving in so many ways. And then he, uh, this Port Alberni campus came up and uh, he has, he has now decided to sell his house. He has actually already sold his house. He bought a house in Port Alberni. Um, this is our for our brand new campus. He's giving up his job as an iron worker and and is really struggling, uh, being fundraising his salary to work for uh, at risk youth in the city. And no way! Wow. So it's just been a cool story for us to follow along with this guy, where it's just everyone in everyone in his life is shocked by by this. But it's also meant that he's got a testimony to so many people. That's amazing. All his ironworker friends and all these people around saying, "Why would you give up this salary? Why would you? Uh, why would you give up this stability? Why would you shift that?" And he goes, I, "It's just the the best thing is it's just it's just Jesus. I can't explain. <laughs> no, no good reason for it. So um, that's really that's really fun. Um, yeah, fun for us. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're seeing someone like that. It's another story of a guy uh, recently started coming to the church." has some has some uh church background but has a very hard background very challenging life mm. and uh and he's he's recently sort of grabbed hold of some faith with us his daughter's been coming out to church um and uh with him and uh we helped his daughter get to camp 
and we run a we run our camp at an old juvenile detention center. Okay. <laughs> and uh and and this guy dropped off his daughter and he's looking around, and he goes, I lived here for three years. Wow. This is my home. And so that type of stuff's just amazing. <laughs> this guy's daughter is is coming to know Jesus and coming to know life at a place where he was he knew death. He knew he knew yeah. broken, and he knew yeah, wow. imprisonment literally. And uh so so stories like that. And then this Sunday I just I just had a guy come to me pumped. Um he's been a Christian he he's he's from a Christian family, known Christianity his whole life, and yeah. uh, he came to me this week just thrilled, like excited and he goes, I I I, I became a Christian. Uh-huh. Man, you, you've always you've always been a Christian, haven't you? And yeah. And uh he said he was, he was he was part of he was hearing the sermons he was hearing he started questioning have I actually experienced Jesus have I experienced His Holy Spirit have I have I felt His conviction Wow he was out farming uh, he's a farmer he was out in the tractor listening to a podcast he stopped uh, broke down accepted Jesus into his heart called his wife and said in in laughing and crying at once calls her and said. Uh, I, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> she says, right now? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so like, it's just, it's just crazy that, 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 you know, that salvation moment is the moment. Yeah. That's so cool. Believe for and, and whatever your history, you know, wherever you've been at, uh, we want that. We don't, yeah. we, don't we don't want just a, uh, make sense. Feel yeah. like everyone else is doing it. We want that moment where it's like, I've just met with, I've just met with God. That's amazing. Experienced God, and I, I can't be the same anymore. Man, I love those stories. I mean, they 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 are. You can see you just come alive with it too. But we all do because it never gets old. We see transformation like this happen, and this is why we do what we do and makes everything uh, so worthwhile. It's amazing. So t- tell me about the Port Alberni uh, campus that you guys are launching. Why, why did you feel a, a push to la- launch a another campus? And and because I mean, there's a lot of resources and leaders and different things that it takes in order to to launch another campus. So tell us about that that launch and and yeah what what brought came you know made you come to that conclusion that hey we need to launch the campus an hour away yeah we um i think i think my heart is always going to be let's do let's do more of this yeah Um, the language the language in in our that we've been using lately is the idea of multiplying momentum um just if if this if this seems to be where god is is creating some momentum then let's let's do more of it. Uh, yeah, that's cool. If this is the tool that God seems to be using, let's let's use this tool wherever we can. And so, uh, our our heart will always be to do more. And so it's been to do services, um, yeah. to do more outreaches, and and campus just seems like a real natural fit. Um, but the story to to it was when I when I came to this church four and a half years ago, there were a few cities right away. There's still some cities on my heart that yeah. Uh, I feel like God, I want you to work there. I, uh, we need, we just need more there. And yeah, I, I have a neat little corner of, of Canada, right? Like, yeah, for sure. We, you go North from us and there's a lot of little small cities and reserves and, and uh, just spaces that uh, in lots of ways are, are really, they can't sustain local ministry. They can't sustain thriving churches for the most part. And so, right. 
uh, I feel a little bit of a, a burden and a responsibility to, to try to put life-giving churches in some of those spaces. That's awesome. So uh, Port Alberni was on my heart. It was on my radar since I've been here. Um, in fact, I, I, there was another couple that I at one point said, hey, you want to pursue the idea of leading a campus here? They had come alive. They had given their life to Jesus. We're really tied into the church. And uh, they said, we're going to need to think about it. And um, I couldn't get a hold of them again for like six months. <laughs> they ran away. That was their Jonah moment. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just said, okay, Lord, I'm not going to push this. Uh, yeah. You know what's on my heart and you, you open the door when you open the door. And uh, all of a sudden I had a friend in ministry who um, he's been a friend of mine since I was a youth pastor. He was a youth pastor in the, you know, the suburb over. Yeah. And um, he had been, he had ended up in Port Alberni because his wife was from there. Uh, the only thing he promised his wife when they got married was, I'll go anywhere, just not Port Alberni. <laughs> they went, had a couple seasons in ministry, were kind of burnt out of ministry, actually, came right. back to Port Alberni. He's calling all his friends, you know, don't go anywhere. Like, don't forget about me. I'm still open for ministry positions. We're not staying in Port Alberni. And uh, it was it was just a few months later that he contacts me and says, uh, we bought a house. I have a burden for the city. I'm now working at a church. Wow. And uh, he gained this vision for the city that uh, he just wanted to be doing outreach. He's, he started these outreaches within a church um, in, in low-income areas. And yeah. to show up and bring hot dogs, hot chocolate, and, the, and friendship. Yeah, uh, in hopes to lead people to Jesus, and and uh, so they started doing that, and the church didn't want to run as fast as they wanted to run, and he just came to me and said, "What do I do? I've got so much vision, I've got so much burden for the city that I used to think I never wanted anything to do with. Hmm. What should I do?" And uh, so I've got a burden for that city too, I, and and I don't want to be there. Uh, so if you do, um, let's make it happen. So. That's kind of how it. That's kind of how it went about. God really put the pieces together at the right time, and um, we walked through a process of discernment together, uh, which was about a it's about a almost a year long uh, yeah. that led us to the place we're in now. And God's hand is so clearly on this thing. Um, it, like the right people have have shown up. Uh, actually, tonight in Port Alberni, they're they're at, at the at their uh, space there at their market. Uh, the worship, the Port Alberni, Northgate Port Alberni worship team is the live band. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Which is, uh, I mean, it's a pretty new band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're there. They've got a booth set up today and they're running all the kids stuff at the, at their market because a few key leaders have come, have gotten saved actually in our startup parties. What Really? Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So we've gotten to baptize seven people in Port Alberni uh, only because we've been doing startup parties. Since wow, that's awesome. We're coming to know Jesus. Our, uh, we've got a launch team of about uh, about 40 to 50 people. Yeah. We've got a worship team. Our, you know, our, our kids' team is is pretty ready to go. Uh, we've got a production uh, all lined up, guest service. Yeah. Guys from our church who are, who are uh, moving, who have moved there now. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Working with youth in the city and so you know, when God's doing something like that, you just, he, yeah, I, I feel like I just put a, put something before him and said, hey, this is a passion for me, God. I, I see that you've placed this there. 
Um, so since it's your dream, I'm going to let it happen with, on your timing. And uh, when we did, it just felt like he, he had prepared the way before we. Yeah, he just so good. You know, he just opened the door in ways that we couldn't have opened the door. That's so good. I mean, and God, God will bring and, and supply the people, the resources, yeah. you know, to soul winning churches. He, he really does. And, and the people are excited. I mean, they're, you know, quitting jobs, selling houses, moving to, to a, a city and, and to be a part of a church that's going to make a difference and see lives change. And that's, yeah. that's awesome. And that, that's amazing, man. So tell me, uh, tell me how many salvations or, or baptisms do you guys do in, in a year? Yeah, we, uh, we saw we're, the uh, salvation number in the last couple of years has actually, we changed our metric and we sort of started to say, hey, we want to we actually have that conversation with people yeah, yeah. And, uh, and hear from them. And so we're around, uh, in the last three years, we're about 50 to 60 uh, salvations, yeah. about the same number of baptisms. Oh, wow. Uh, so we're, we've seen similar 50 to 60 baptisms. And so for us, we've we've kind of said, Hey, we want to, we want to work as hard on the next step as the first step. That is awesome. So we've, we've, it's always a work in pro in progress. Yeah. Yeah. The baptism happens, but then we want the small group and then we want you serving on team and then we want you and the order never happens the same way. But, um, I mean, we see probably 50 hands raised every week. Um, and then fewer, fewer cards filled out than that. And then fewer conversations had than that. 50 um, did you say 50 hands every week yeah we probably we see hands go up like crazy in our church we see hands all the time wow responding to the message yeah and and we're really thankful to see response we feel like that we feel like sometimes it takes people uh three or four hand raises before they'll yep. check the box yeah and might take a couple boxes before they'll actually have that conversation and it might take a little while longer before they'll they'll jump in a small group and serve on team and and uh and and so everything's a process yeah like um but but yeah we've uh we've been excited to baptisms and pushing for baptisms has been one of those things for us that we've wanted to we've so, celebrate i mean that so that's i mean that retention rate is is staggering that's i mean that's that's uh, crazy so talk to me about the next step so somebody somebody gets saved in the church they follow through what what's the next step for them How, what's the process that you guys take them through for discipleship to get them baptized and and plugged into the church yeah well it's the second we catch a whiff of of salvation or someone saying i i think i'm making a decision here we want to get them we want to get them into conversation around baptism yeah so that's that's kind of our first goal is is what's what's a good response and and we think there's nothing more baptism is so um awkward and weird if it's not christ-centered that's so true yeah why would some, there's no reason that someone, there's plenty of reason for someone to raise a hand in a service or, uh, you know, oh, a few other people are doing it. Maybe yeah. I'll jump in on that, caught up in a moment, yeah. whatever it is, all the excuses that they have. And uh, there's no, you, baptism sets up this, this pillar of faith in your life. Yes. Physical, you cannot deny at some point in your journey of faith. You believe so strongly that that Jesus was worth following. Yes. You awkwardly stood in front of whatever number of people got dunked in water, had makeup. Yeah. In fact, we had a wig come off one time. <laughs> uh, really, like a new self came up. You know? Yeah. So we we 
you know, if you if you're gonna do that, you're you something serious has happened, and so yes. it's easier for us to draw back on. You know, if someone comes in and says, "I'm really questioning my faith. I'm not sure if it all means much to me or matters." Mm. We can we it, we can draw back and say, "But didn't you make a decision at one point?" Um, but I find it easier to say, "You you at one point thought your faith was so serious for you that you would get in front of people and get dunk in water." Like, yeah. How are you going to deny that now? Yeah, yeah. Some, at least go back and tell yourself why. Yeah. Happened there. Uh, That's so good. Uh, so we we fight for that. We just we value the idea that that um, that baptism baptism is good. And so so then we try to put pieces for discipleship right in baptism. So yeah, we if we're hearing about salvation, well, let's get you to baptism through through some conversations and. We've tried baptism classes. We've tried a number of different things. We do a little baptism video and a bunch of stuff just to get people information. The best, the best case scenario is if we can have that conversation, uh, sit down and talk about, hey, you're 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 making a public statement that that you have you have died and you're now alive in Christ. Yeah. And, uh, so let's talk about that life in Christ and um, and what does it look, what does church involvement look like? What does being involved in a small group look like? What does your daily devotion look like? What does being filled with the Holy Spirit um, look like in your life? And so, so good. Uh, just trying to trying to say, okay, if you're if at whatever step you're at, can we talk about the next one? Right. Because this is this is leading you to the next. And we've tried to do systems um, for those. And some systems have worked. Uh, the end of the day for us we're not so massive that we can't have a conversation with with most people you know we've i were 37 baptisms this year yeah uh, so i hope that will be i'm i'm hoping for 70 by the end of the year yeah to double that um and uh and that means we've had 70 individual conversations about hey have you have you thought about serving on team we want you in community we want you with people who are going to walk with you pray for you uh stand beside you because we're not in a world anymore that that Christianity is the norm, yeah. the majority. Um, we, we need to we need to put some things in place for for people who are running in a countercultural uh, way now. That's really cool. So I mean, you're seeing hands every week. You're seeing baptisms. Uh, you're and plugging people in. And, I mean, exponential growth in the church. What's been your most effective strategy as a church for winning souls? <clears throat> I think it's. It's always going to be people. It's always going to uh, the people in the church. If we can inspire them towards towards their friends, coworkers, like there's a lot of areas in our city that a pastor isn't really welcome, um, but right. the worker is, you know. Right. Um, so so uh, it's always gonna it's always gonna be that. But the reality is, uh, though we see some salvations in a pastor's office, uh, which we do see uh, quite a few of those. We do see salvations in small groups. Right. Uh, for us, the most response, the most ready people are to respond is that that's that gathering, uh, whether it's Sunday or wherever it's at. Right. Um, and and uh, so so Sunday for us is the big is the time that's going to happen. So our our strategy is uh, create a service where people uh, want to invite their unchurched friends. Uh, yeah. And and so that's when when we can create that service, then people. People will invite their friends. Uh, it's one thing to tell people to invite your friends, but uh, if you don't have a service where they feel comfortable inviting their friends, that's a big ask. That's a big ask, absolutely. Yeah, 
no idea what the pastor's going to say, no idea what's going to take place, no idea if their friend's going to walk away offended. And, and I'm thankful that there are people trying to guard <laughs> their friends from from the offensive Christian that, yeah. that will, will cause their friend to never want faith yeah. again. Their life. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so if we're if 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 the people in our church want to see their friends safe, then then we need to create a space that that uh, they want to invite them out to, and uh, and and give them an opportunity to respond, uh, whatever whatever that. Looks That's like. awesome. So what does that service look like for you guys? That you're creating a, a church that that your people are a service that your people are comfortable inviting a friend to. What is, what does that service look like? Uh, yeah, for us, it starts in the parking lot. Um, yeah, we have we have people out with signs in the parking lot, welcoming, greeting, uh, smiling. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Yeah, Christians. Yeah, uh, and so so uh, just just being warm, um, caring for them, and uh, you know, grabbing, helping helping people. Moms come in with their many babies, helping carry something. Yeah, you know, opening doors. Uh, uh, just, just being kind. So yeah. I think that starts it off really. That's, yeah. that's kind of a shock to many people. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, I mean, in the lobby, it's, it means there's clear descriptions, clear signage, uh, clear ways for the new person to know what they're doing. Uh, where is kids sign in? Uh, where, do, where do I get my coffee? <laughs> yeah. Uh, where do I, where do I go if I just want to get straight to the service? Um, what if I want to respond? How do I do that? And so, Trying to trying to create a culture that's not insider focused from the parking lot to the lobby. Right, that's good. Right away, and uh, so that's that's key for us. Not yeah. that we always do it uh, perfect, but that's that's a push for us. Uh, we fight for that. We start with a rally half hour before the service every week, just to remind each other this is what we're doing. You know, yeah, uh, this is who we're fighting for, and then and then um, it means that we're we've got a pretty simple worship. Um, we want our worship to be engaging and inspiring. Mm. Uh, we want it to be Jesus focused mm-hmm. uh, and and Holy Spirit driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also we also say it's twenty minutes and and uh, that's that's that. Yeah. So we we go twenty minutes and then and then we have. Uh, I often I often talk to our hosts of the service that our worship. You know we're gonna be we're gonna be going deep and it's okay to go deep and uh, but when the when the host comes up we want to know that we're talking to a person. Uh, not an angel. <laughs> not there. Uh, and uh, and we also start the service with an intro, just to say, "Hey, welcome here. If you're new here, right. there's no pressure to, to do anything." Um, and and sort of talk through. We're going to do a chunk of worship here. You're going to hear some of what's going on around the, the church. We're going to hear a message, and you'll be out of here at this time. We end our service at the same time every week. Yeah, that's good. Religious about wrapping that up then, and then uh, we have about a half hour sermon. Yeah, uh, it's usually me, and and we do our best every week to consider, just to consider every person in the sermon. Who's who's in the room? Uh, who are we talking to? Uh, right. If we only talk to Christians in our sermons, we're only going to get Christians at our services. Right. That's true. Uh, I I heard a great line from a, a pastor mentor of mine once upon a time. He said, uh, "Evan, always make sure that you're speaking to the people who aren't in the room yet." And uh, wow. That was such a good word for me because yeah. it doesn't matter who's in the room all of a sudden. I, I want them to know that if, if that I'm speaking to those who they didn't, they forgot to invite this week. Right. 
Um, uh, I, I want them to go. Oh, I wish that person was here this week to hear this. That would have been that would have been uh, amazing. And and I think churches don't grow often when we're just talking to the people in the room. That, oh, that's good. That's really good. Oh, we're, if we're only talking to people in the room, why would they? Yeah. Along with them, but if we're if we're actually giving our sermon for the one who they should be inviting, mm. it compels them to invite them a little bit more. That's really cool. That's good. I mean, you're doing all of that with explanations. I'm, I'm assuming rather than, but you're not. That's not compromise. I mean, you're you're not compromising the word. You know, to to speak to the lost. I mean, you're preaching the gospel full on. I mean, you can tell that by the discipleship process you're taking them through. So that's really good, man. That's that's awesome. What what are you curious about right now, or are digging into for the next season? Uh, what's yeah? What do you what do you what's stirring you right now? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, honestly, uh, the biggest thing that we're walking through, we've been because our church has changed a lot in in four and a half years. Yeah, uh, my my the curiousness or the digging in for me has has a lot to do with organizational mm. uh, structure. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to uh, a big a big uh, verse on our hearts lately is the Ephesians four twelve. That, yeah, that, um, and just realizing that that a lot of our staffing has gone to pay um, people to do the job rather than uh, people who are going to equip others to do the job. That's really good. We're trying to shift our staff culture right now to to uh, you know our our pastors are the ones who are equipping the saints and uh, right and uh, that's 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 the struggle for us. That's kind of what I'm what I'm trying to listen to podcasts for. I'm trying to pay attention to and in uh in books right now just just trying to just trying to watch out for pray into uh dig into in the bible and so uh it's been it's been a it's been a cool process we've been able that's really cool able to do some things differently and uniquely and so i've in the last even six months i've gone from having like 12 direct reports all the way from our full-time staff to our part-time and volunteers yeah uh, all volunteer directors of ministry to having um, four, so three in Courtney and and one in in Port Alberni. And that doesn't mean I don't talk to other staff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't talk to our volunteers or small group leaders uh, or you know take pastoral visits um, or or things like that with people in the church. But as far as who who am I focused on and making sure they get my time every week, it's it's trimmed down to four now. And so that's really good. That's been important for me. It's been important for our church, I think, and uh, and I'm, I'm believing it's going to mean that we have a greater need, uh, and therefore a greater a greater uh, more creativity going into how to empower people into uh, into their gift oriented ministry. That is awesome, and th- and that is a big shift that churches have to go through when they're going from you know from small and medium churches to large churches like like you're doing. I mean, that's that's the shift. I mean, you, you, uh, without leaders, you're not going to be able to do that. So, I mean, equipping that way is is awesome. I mean, that's really really cool uh, that you're doing that. That's a lot of work, um, but it takes. But it's a different kind of work. It's it's going from I heard one pastor say this way that you have to go from being a farmer into a rancher. You know, a farmer does everything, has to do all the planting, has to do all the you know all the work. But a rancher has ranch hands that do the work for him. But he's he's overseeing a much bigger, a much bigger property. So yeah. that's really cool. In that in this case, the sheep have more opinions in the in the church. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> farm man. That is true. That is very, very true. Awesome. So, what does the church look like in the next five years? What do you What do you see in? 
Um, well, I want to, uh, I want to at least, uh, in our Courtney, in our Courtney side, I want to at least we've, we've doubled or somewhere between doubled or tripled in the yep. last, uh, four and a half years. I want to do that at least again yep. in Courtney. Um, and then, and then Port Alberni is going to be thriving. And, and, uh, I, I hope within five years, we probably have two more campuses. Yeah. Awesome. In, in areas, uh, wherever, wherever those might be. Um, my, my sense is that, that every year we do something to, to grow. So, uh, it's, it's often going to be just a service and, and sorting that out. There's, there's a lot of opportunity, I, I think, even within our Comox Valley to yeah. be um, doing more here, but, but I'd love to be in a couple, couple places, few, few places on my heart right now that I'm kind of waiting for that pastor to show up to me or that, yeah. that visionary uh, entrepreneurial type of, uh, christian to show up to me and say hey i want to see god move in yeah that city and and so i i i i think this north island uh north vancouver island here on the west coast of canada needs to be safe <laughs> yeah absolutely jesus and and uh i'm so thankful that god has put me here to to dream for this rock that uh, is awesome little space so i i i five years i hope for two more campuses that is awesome very very cool man this has been so good there's so much uh in here that you share that's been awesome uh is there anything that i haven't asked that i should have uh, i i appreciate the questions that you're asking um uh i i i love that i love i love where you're going uh with all of this i love the priority on on uh salvation and and soul winning and yeah and, uh, people coming to know jesus um and and uh i think i think that's where we need to we need to push that's where we need to be prioritizing uh i think i think a, a focus on how how the next steps are taken uh, yeah it's going to be that's going to drive that's going to drive the salvations as well yeah that's true so the next step for people is to go and get some more <laughs> yeah that's true uh, and go and reach some more so yeah i'm i'm excited i know that's been a something you guys have focused on and trying to figure out how to do that the cool thing about the gospel is it was never tidy for Jesus. It was yeah. tidy for us. And, and the harder I push, push to put structures around things, the, the it seems like the least effective. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, we, we just, there has to always, there's always going to be that, that call for us to just, wow. to just be in people's lives in their mess and their tension, uh, walk the cultural and biblical tensions that, that are created and uh and i'm um, glad you guys are doing that thankful to thankful to do my piece over here yeah well you guys are doing awesome we're very excited for what's going on in in courtney and in the comox valley and and the new campus plan we're man we're so excited we're cheering you on uh like crazy and excited to keep on hearing the results and looking forward to what the results are are coming in the future so where can where, where can our listeners connect with you online somebody wants to say man I, I need to know more i need to hear more i need to watch what's going on uh where can they connect with you online yeah my social media is pretty pretty weak right now um but i i do i'm, I'm on instagram uh that it's just evan allnut and you can also connect with us at Engate church um yeah. Uh, like I get, I'm, I can access that. Yeah. Uh, throw me an email. You, you know, if you just want to, you want to chat about something or, or bat something around, or you've got a dream for a city on the North of Vancouver Island. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful place. Yeah. But, uh, we, uh, uh, Ev Evan at ngate.ca 
uh, I'm around. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Evan, for, for your time and for your wisdom, man. This has been awesome, and thank you again. Thanks for having me. Excited for what you guys are doing and, and that you're doing this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I can't wait to hear what comes of it. Awesome. Thank you, man. Cool. What a great conversation with Pastor Evan Allnut from uh, Northgate. What was your big takeaway? Man, so much of it was so good. I love it when he was touching on the point, and this is probably just him being vulnerable, but he says, I love it when God changes people in a way that I can't change people. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. And it, it's, you come to your humanity thinking that, you know, believing that you can only go and understanding you can only go so far in somebody's transformation process and yeah. God's got to be able to do the rest. That's so good. That's a good reminder for all of us in ministry. And that takes the weight off a little bit. Completely. We can, we can yeah. do so much and then, and then let God do the rest. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a matter of getting out of the way. That's right. What was yours? <laughs> My takeaway was I really liked how he focused on on the little details and in transitioning and, and make and setting the table for guests in order for the, the unchurched to be able to come into the church, that it starts in the parking lot, yes. like you said. And it's all about uh, you know the little details. It's the greeter at the doors and how friendly they are and, and the signage in the auditorium and all the little things that, that seemingly don't matter yeah. really do matter, especially to the unchurched. That's a really good point. This podcast is amazing. I, every single week, there's so much that we've learned from this, and it, yes. I love the conversations we're having and we're going to continue to have. Where do people connect with us at GoCast? Absolutely. All over the social map. So type GoCast into Spotify, into iTunes, into YouTube, and you'll be able to find us. Yeah, and you can... Continue the conversation in the social media, whether through Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to connect with you and continue the conversation. Next week, we have a great conversation with my friend Brandon Wall. We've been friends for years and years. He has recently taken over a church in Duncan, BC. And here is an excerpt from that conversation. And I was actually sitting in my hot tub having a prayer time. And the Lord whispered, I feel, in my ear. He said, um... If you want to reach millennials, and I'm like waiting, like, yeah, like, like a barn board wood background on my church, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, more coffee and mustaches or something like what do I do. Right? And, uh, and he says, if you want to reach millennials, reach their children, they're having them now. Yes, that's good. And so what we're finding is that you think about a person that you love their kids, mm. they're going to love you back and they're going to trust you more. If you care for their family from their kids' perspective, there's going to be a bridge built. And so we're believing that that 35, 40 years of kids' outreach is going to turn this place into 2,000 people. Can't wait for next episode with Pastor Brandon Wall. Thanks again for joining us at GoCast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.